This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Arsenal win 5-0. That's two games, 11 goals and a hell of a lot of shots. And Arsenal are certainly taking plenty of theirs as they move to second in the Premier League following a very lovely Saturday indeed. This is the Raw Reaction Show. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is our 8am Raw Reaction Show. Join you every single morning at this time with some form of another uh, of episode for you. And today, of course, with it being the day after the game, means we're going to be breaking down yesterday's fixture. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you happen to be in the world. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in and joining me at the usual time. Uh, yesterday, of course, on a Saturday, can sometimes be a bit of a struggle to hit that 1K light target. But you all, once again, utterly smashed it. And Sundays are our most challenging day. They are the, the day in which, you know, Saturday, people have enjoyed themselves. They've had a great weekend so far. We've seen results go our way. And they want to enjoy themselves, which means getting up at 8 a.m. is a hell of a challenge. Um, so for those that have, thank you. And those listening on Catch Up, we respect you and hope that you'll still drop a like on the video and those that are audio listeners as well will hop over to youtube to leave their support on the channel as well good morning to those joining us live in the chat box md kaiser uh sweating merlot perez Dellen, ray steve stone uh steve hartland uh damian yomi nigel we've got uh matt g i see in here tony louis clincy jimbo guna 76 paul uh input process glenn lars uh, mark rice maximius martin uh, Rich, George, Owen, plenty more of you guys and girls. Thank you so much for doing so. I think StreamYard may have mugged a few of you, of you off at the beginning, so apologies for that. Um, but thank you to everyone that's continuing to support the channel. It means a hell of a lot as well. Uh, shall we jump straight into today's stories? I think that we should. Right then, we start. Burnley, nil. Arsenal, five. 
brilliant result by Arsenal. Getting a goal within the first five minutes just eases those nerves so welcomingly, does it not? Just when you see a, a goal go in that early, you're like, today, it's going to be a good day. I remember the days where Arsenal would concede goals in the first minute, let alone score them within the first five. So it's a nice change to form. But another dominant victory for Arsenal leads them to once again raise their goal difference up considerably. And it leaves the Premier League looking very nice indeed. We'll talk a little bit about how it's looking very shortly. Uh, Martin Erdegaard, though, was that man who got the first goal. And I have said and I've been saying for some time that we have needed to see more goals from him. And with last season being as it was and him equaling the record for the number of goals scored by from open player by a midfielder, along with Kevin De Bruyne and 15 strikes, we wanted to see more from Martin Odegaard. And thankfully, we did just that. Fantastic strike. Uh, good spot from Martinelli in the O-zone, as we're describing it, of course, just around that outside of the box, inside the penalty area, that kind of circle. Yeah, it's great. Uh, to, it's, it's fantastic to see Martin Odegaard star again. Not only that, but he managed to get an assist as well for Bukayo Saka in the second half, start of the second half. We'll talk about that goal shortly. But yeah, what a fantastic performance and what a fantastic game once again for Martin Odegaard, who is hitting form at the best of times. Now, the penalties keep coming for Arsenal. Now, Leandro Trossard, of course, deserves plenty of credit revolving around um, around him. Can you see that mouse on the screen, by the way? That's so weird. Usually, you can't see the mouse. Look, I can, I can like, point to things. Oh, that's very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Uh, <laughs> I never knew I could do that. Uh, but the penalties, indeed, are coming thick and fast. Uh, Bakai Saka, of course, is having a fantastic uh, season. Uh, so many goals, so many assists. But picking up another penalty squeezing it underneath um, James Trafford on that left-hand side uh, of the goalkeeper. I thought for a moment that he might have it saved. Um, but yeah, fantastic to see uh, Bakaya Saka uh, scoring once again. And uh, he into the second half, as we mentioned, run <laughs> another really quick goal. So quick, in fact, I nearly missed it. I literally just jumped on to see it as it went in. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite the strike. That right-footed effort high into the net is something that... Uh, Saka certainly enjoys to do these days. I remember the goal he scored against, was it Leeds? That uh, one where he smashed it in the top with his right foot. There was another game, uh, I think it was the start of last season, where he just loves smashing the ball in with his right foot. It's high into the net. He just whacks it as hard as he can. And it's so accurate and powerful that it gives the keeper absolutely no chance whatsoever. Leandro Trossard is potentially the best January signing ever for Arsenal. Is he is he up there? Is he getting there? I mean, Jose Antonio Reyes, God rest, uh, God rest his soul, was very good as well. Uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, of course, a January edition. Nacho Monreal, a January edition too. But is Leandro Trossard leading that list now of the impact that's been made by a player from a January transfer window? I think he's certainly fighting his cause. And if he gets Arsenal into a position where they might win a trophy this season, I don't think it is going to be uh, even quantifiable. £21 million guaranteed fee with add-ons. That's an amazing deal for Arsenal to do. Yes, he's on the older side, and I think we can afford that in the position that he is. But for me, Leandro Trossard is is certainly up there as one of the best signings we've ever made in that winter window. And yet another really fantastic finish. It does seem that he needs to take a few bites of the cherry before he can get a strike on goal um, because he's had a couple of opportunities that didn't, sadly, hit the target. But his performance, winning the penalty, 
um, the movement, the combination play, the link up and the goal. All of those things have contributed to Leandro Trossard being as appreciated as he is. And thank goodness that we didn't get Mihailo Mudrik, uh, is all I can say. Thank goodness we didn't get Mihailo Mudrik. Now we move on to the man of the hour. <laughs> waka waka indeed. Kai Havertz scoring Arsenal's fifth goal on the day. Lovely little bit of interpretation of where the space was from Kivior, whose throw-in led to him running through the nutmeg. And then the finish, so calm and nonchalant, past Trafford to make it five on the day. And it just really was, I've already mentioned cherries in this show, but this was the cherry on the top of the cake. It was a fantastic goal by Kai Havertz. And uh, rightfully, his song was sung by the away crowd that were fantastic all afternoon and dominated Turf more with a chance of emptying stadiums everywhere we go, which is a gr- lovely kind of tweak on the usual Tottenham get battered song, which they did. And we'll talk about that again as well very shortly. But his overall performance was outstanding. For me, it was a really solid 8 out of 10. He's the type of player that sadly you probably have to sometimes have a bit of a rewatch to understand how good he was. But his contributions, his movement, I just need to see a little bit more in terms of his execution for me. There was a couple of balls over the top where he controlled it quite poorly. Um, And if he took a better touch in those moments, maybe he would have found himself uh, with more than just the one goal on the day. But he's been a really good signing. And I tweeted back in November and I was absolutely battered for it. I was tweeted back in December that, uh, let me find the tweet for you, because I got utterly destroyed for this tweet back in November. And I know that you know what I'm about to tell you because it is hilarious. Um, I tweeted in November 25th, is it that controversial to say that Jeremy Doku hasn't been any better than Kai Havertz as a summer signing? And you know what? It turns out, not really. It turns out that no, he hasn't actually been any better. In fact, Kai Havertz has been a better signing than Jeremy Doku. And it shows. There was also a video doing the rounds of Bakai Saka being spoken about by Rio Ferdinand recently. Ferdinand in December said, and this is at the end of December, so it's actually pretty recent, less than two months ago, in fact. says, I have to go with Doku when he's asked about Saka or Doku. He is opening teams up and I'm paying to watch Doku before any winger. Just for the record... I mean, for those that haven't seen my tweets, maybe this is a nice test. Maybe I'll leave this out hanging a little bit until part two. Can anyone tell me how many games that Doku has scored or assisted in? I want separate Premier League games. Can anyone tell me how many separate Premier League games? So it's not how many goals or assists he has, because he got four assists in one game against Bournemouth, and that really bumped his stats up. You know, people want to talk about Nketiah bumping his stats up against Sheffield United. Well, Doku has four assists. How many Premier League games has he got a goal or an assist in? And then how many goals and assists, sorry, how many games has Saka, Premier League games, how many has Saka got a goal or assist in this season? Now, moving on, because we'll come back to those stats in part two. Let me get your guesses into the chat box or in the comment section if you're listening on Catch Up before we get there. But this team has got momentum now, hasn't it? Like this team, the unity, the enjoyment we get from it, the... Um, the fanciful nature of the predictions that we can have about what we might see. We've had previous shows where people are saying 4-0, 5-0. I'm like, guys, calm down. <laughs> we need to temper these expectations. But why? Why should people be calm? Why shouldn't people enjoy this? Why shouldn't people celebrate this? I was looking at the BBC coverage uh, on the BBC Sport website and Danny Murphy's quote where there was, I think Kivior was celebrating doing some really good defending. 
And Danny Murphy sat there miserable, like, ugh, ugh, players celebrating. Ugh, I hate it. I hate I can't stand it. Ugh, they're celebrating defending. You know, think about what Balotelli said. Balotelli said, you know, does a postman celebrate delivering a letter? No. So they shouldn't celebrate a tackle. Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just so funny, isn't it? Everyone just trying to put shame on Arsenal for everything they do. But uh, it's just glorious to see it. And uh, without a space, says here, can we talk about how great Kivior was? <laughs> without a doubt, Kivior was fantastic. I sat here in the January window with people moaning at me saying, I'll tell you, I should have given Lino Souza a chance. I'd rather have Lino Souza in the 11 than Kivior. Or where are you now? To quote Delia Smith, where are you? Where are you people that said you'd rather have Lino Souza starting than Kivior? I am sorry, but he has put you to shame with his performances. Absolutely brilliant. And another really strong performance for him. Um, Mikel Arteta. Oh, this man. This man right here continues to impress. Fantastic selection. Fantastic, uh, you know, system and philosophy and the way in which he wants to approach every game. And his decision to kind of help Kivior by making Ben White the player that is kind of more influential on the right so that Kivior can kind of just do as he does. Kivio can just try to do the best things he can do on that left-hand side, which isn't being an inverted midfielder. That's not his role. And Arteta has recognised that. Sometimes Arteta has made mistakes. And I think maybe we can look at Kieran Tierney and say, Mikel Arteta tried to force when Kieran Tierney was playing to play a role that Kieran Tierney couldn't play. And Kivio, he has recognised, cannot play that inverted role anywhere close to the level that we need to if we want to play that system. And so therefore, what he's done is he's recognised that. He's recognised that that's not working. And he said, right, Kivio, don't invert because it's not working for us, because you're not good enough to do that. And that's no that's no disrespect to the player. That's not his position. That's not his role in the team. So what he's got is he's got a more technically gifted player on the right-hand side in Ben White to be that supportive figure, not only to the right-hand side, but into the midfield. And he's not going to be able to do it to the level that Zinchenko does, but it is certainly a meaning that we are more efficient defensively and offensively. So I look forward to seeing how much more we can continue to impress in that uh, region, but we've also got Tommy Asu coming back. We've got Zinchenko coming back soon, hopefully. We've got Yuri and Timber coming back, hopefully, next month. Keep those fingers crossed. That'll be the case. Let's hope that when we do get these players back, we're going to have a plethora of options. And obviously, he was able to make some substitutions to rest players ahead of the game against Porto in midweek as well, which is obviously really, really important. I'm curious when Porto play this weekend. Shall we have a quick look? I was. Do you ever have it where you're on like Google Chrome and for some reason no through no choice of your own but you use I use Google, Google who doesn't use Google right but for some reason whenever I do this it's now selected Yahoo as my search engine why on earth would I want Yahoo like give me give me the Google so uh, yesterday Porto won 2-0 against Estrella Amodora which I have no idea I've never heard of them before with Gleno and João Mario uh, got the goals. Uh, Joao Mario is not the uh, the one that used to play for Inter Milan, by the way. He's uh, he's the he's a right back in Joao Mario, and Galeno is a, a left winger. Uh, Galeno and uh, yeah, they played a relatively strong team. Um, Pepe's played, Galeno played, Emma Nilsson played, um, Pepe played, Otavio, the centre half, Otavio, Sanusi, and Joao Mario on the bench. I mean, I'm not looking really at anyone that was rested. Mediterranean didn't start. I guess he could start on Wednesday. So, yeah, uh, they played a pretty strong team still, and um, they subbed off, you know, as many of the players as they could. Galeno, Evan Nilsson, Consisau, 
Sanusi and Gonzalez all came off in that game. But uh, I'm looking forward to Wednesday. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I'm getting a lot of love for Google and Yahoo now in the chat box. Um, now let's talk about the rest of the results at the weekend um, because Spurs, <laughs> Spurs lost at home. Let's just want to say that again. Spurs lost at home. Uh, Joao Gomez getting two goals on the day. And uh, yeah, it's really, they're impressing this season, our, our Wolves. They're actually having a really interesting campaign. If we have a look at the Premier League table and where them and Spurs are right now, uh, it means that Wolves moved up to 35 points, which is level uh, with Chelsea. They've got a two-worse-off goal difference. Brighton play today. They play away to Sheffield United. Um, but you've then got West Ham on 36. They're in a little bit of a free fall at the moment. You've got Newcastle on 37. And there's like a, a two-point gap between 11th and 7th. That's how close that pack of teams is chasing that last European spot. And then Manchester United up in fourth place. They play Luton Town today at Kenilworth Road. Uh, and then, of course, Spurs losing means that they've dropped out of the top four because Aston Villa's win of Ollie Watkins getting a couple of goals has moved them up to fourth place. Spurs two points behind, but Villa on 49, Manchester City on 53, Arsenal on 55, Liverpool on 57. Manchester City drawing against Chelsea in a very entertaining game indeed at the Etihad Stadium. Chelsea looked for so long like they were going to hold on. But then Maurizio Pochettino came along and decided, no, I don't want to win this game, so I'm going to take every single player off and just absorb pressure until Man City get a goal, which is exactly what happened. Utterly ridiculous decisions by uh, Pochettino in terms of, uh, in terms of his, uh, his, his decisions. And if that was Arsenal and that was the away round that they were doing, I would be absolutely fuming because Chelsea were getting in behind, they were threatening on the break, and it was almost inevitable that no matter what happened, no matter what subs you made, City were probably going to score. By doing that and by making the changes that Pochettino made, he invited more pressure. He gave them less of an outlet to attack in. Christopher Nkunku is, a, is terrible, by the way. He's probably still not fully fit, but he was absolutely awful. And they missed Chelsea so many chances to really give themselves the win. But speaking of missed chances, my goodness me, Erling Haaland um, not getting the result they would have wanted. And I do think it's interesting. These images are taken from the Premier League, by the way. I do think it's interesting that they choose to use a picture of Rodri celebrating the equaliser as if it was some kind of victory. Um, because if anything, I'd be using a picture of Erling Haaland with a very glum look on his face after he pushes cameras away. It just seemed a bit odd um, for that choice of image. Because I certainly don't think they were celebrating that draw by any stretch of the imagination whatsoever. Right, let's go to part two and your questions right after this. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. All righty then. Uh, part two. We need to start part two with three things. First of all, if you haven't dropped your like on the video, please make sure that you do. Trying to reach our 1K like every one, yeah, 1K every day. That's the worst. I, I nearly stumbled over my own sentence and it was absolutely fine. Um, it is indeed uh, a fantastic opportunity to continue this run. It, <clears throat> it seems as though ever since we started doing this um, 1K like every day sort of thing, that um, <laughs> that uh, we're looking at a, a situation where that like challenge has led us into a hell of a lot of momentum, a hell of a lot of momentum. And so therefore we are looking specifically at now continuing that momentum as not only a club, but as a channel as well. Second thing that I need to talk about, of course, is the uh, thing we started in part one, which was to say to you, how many games do you think Jeremy Doku has scored in? How many Premier League games has he scored or assisted in? And the answer, as many of you got, was three. Congratulations to Peter Crook, to Darbas, uh, Front Yards, uh, Guna from NZ, Louis, all got the correct answer with three. Uh, Bukaya Saka, 17. Darbas getting this correct again, 17D. Saka has contributed in 17 Premier League games this season. And as if, yes, because I'm Rio Ferdinand, I enjoy watching players not scoring and assisting. And so therefore, I think that Doku is the player that you should watch. <laughs> it is just gloriously hilarious. Like, it's hilarious. It is hilarious, the attempts of Rio Ferdinand to try and batter Bakaya Saka at every single opportunity he can. He's not world-class. He's not better than Foden. He's not better than Doku. He'd rather watch Doku, a player that scores in three games in a league season, um, where you've got Bakaya Saka contributing a goal in 17 Premier League games. Uh, so, yeah. Third thing, massive congratulations to Jonas Eideval and the Arsenal women's team on yesterday's big, big win against Manchester United. A huge result, especially considering the fact that, of course, Chelsea were beaten um, uh, on the Friday night game against Man City. And so it's really important that Arsenal picked up that win to stay very much in the race and open that gap up again to seven points to Manchester United. But a fantastic game overall with goals from Lacasse and Little with an own goal opening the score in 10 minutes in. And Adeval got it spot on. You know, despite the fact that he didn't start Caitlin Ford or Russo, you know, even uh, Zinsberger was on the bench, wasn't she, as well. Um, he went for pace. He went for counter-attack. He went for trying to get opportunities in behind and it worked. Like Stenius and Mead and Little and Lacasse were fantastic as a front four and uh, Arsenal certainly benefited from that as well. Um, so yeah, make sure you drop a like, make sure you appreciate the uh, the Jeremy Doku Saka stats and obviously as well, I hope you enjoyed the WSL game yesterday as well. So we kick off part two with some questions. Uh, let's go to Amira. Says, Jesus, Tomiasu, Zinchenko, if fully fit, does any one of them walk back into the starting 11? If yes, who would it be most unfair on? Um, I would have to go with, I think, I, I think that Jesus has a good shout, but Trossard has been excellent. 
Tomiyasu or Zinchenko would you be you think is most likely coming in for Kivior? But it would be very unfair. I think they start on the bench and then you have to just bring them in, you know, bring them in off the bench. That's the best way to to reintegrate them into the team at the moment because you wouldn't change too much. Although we are playing on Wednesday, so maybe we need to bring in some fresh legs. Maybe we need to play some players that are going to be ready and fit and firing. But are those players ready yet? We don't know if they're going to be ready or not. They're going to continue training this week before they fly off to Portugal on Tuesday. Uh, Follerin says, a few months ago, a YouTuber asked Mbappe, oh, that's Curtis, wasn't it? Curtis Short says, uh, Arteta doesn't talk about players from other clubs. Sky asks now, and suddenly there's a response. What changed? Uh, the question changed and the situation changed. If you ask about Mbappe when there's absolutely nothing going on in the world of, of Arsenal and Mbappe, you're not going to get an answer. It was it was just a poorly timed question. I respect Curtis's right to ask the question, but it was timed and probably not asked in the best way. And then when it was asked this time around, it was asked in the sense of the conversation, you know, surrounding the player. It wasn't, are you going to go and sign Kylian Mbappe? Would you sign Kylian Mbappe? It was kind of around the idea of Arsenal being in the conversation. And Arteta answered that you know, with the idea of it being. So there's a very good reason why that question wasn't answered when Curtis asked it and why it was then answered when it wasn't, um, when it was asked by Sky in a different way. I think it was BBC, though, wasn't it? I don't think it was Sky that asked the question. I think it was the BBC um, that asked the question. Uh, Ian says, does Rodri not get penalised for his comments about referees? I think the number of times he gets away with stopping attacks and not getting yellow cards is ridiculous. Perfect candidate for a blue card. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole situation when Walker thought he was fouled was ridiculous. And I feel like I've used that word a lot today. Um, but I do feel as though the, the, uh, there were players asking for yellow cards. There were players getting up in the uh, referee's face. Whatever Walker's kind of crazy Michael Thomas-esque backflip was, <laughs> you know. And no cards were, were given. I don't, was Walker even booked? If he's been if he's been penalised for diving, is he even booked either? I don't know, but it seems a bit crazy. Rob says, "What's our longest winning run?" It's a great question, actually. I'm not sure Arsenal's longest winning streak. Let's see if we've got the uh, the longest winning streak. Arsenal, uh, February fourteenth. Uh, sorry, uh, February to August two thousand two. Arsenal had fourteen wins in a row. Uh, Man City had 15 in 2019. Liverpool had 17 in 2019. Uh, and Liverpool had 18 also in, in 2020. Manchester City, uh, 18 between August and December. So I guess one of ours is 14. Um, that article was from 2021. So unless there's been any in 2022 or 2023, or there is an article from 2023, is there one? Uh, 18 still is the highest. And Liverpool as well. Um yeah, Arsenal's 14 wins in a row is in the top five of all time. But uh, there you go, Rob. That's the answer to your question. It's just a Google away. Um, let's go to uh, the... Have you noticed how good Havertz is at finding space in games, says Ezra. Yeah, I've been waxing lyrical about Kai Havertz for weeks. For weeks. I've been saying that sometimes I think you need a little bit of a, a rewatch sometimes to appreciate what Kai Havertz does in games. Is it um, is it the Spurs guy? Is it Tappin Tobes? Is that his name? I've no idea why. I think that's his name. I saw a clip of him talking about Kai Havertz with Turkish at AFTV and saying that he was this and he was that. I mean, how a Spurs fan can ever sit around and say things like that, I just find ludicrous anyway. But uh, it's just like, it, you just know these people just don't really get it. Like They just don't really watch 
football properly, do they? And because it was just not, it was just completely out of the, the the line of thinking of watching Havertz and what he does. It's just somebody doesn't watch Havertz, and a lot of people don't. I think the biggest critics of Kai Havertz just don't really watch him. Don't really watch his contributions to the games. Watch what he does. We want him to score more goals, sure. We want him to have more influence on games, definitely. We want him to be better, absolutely. That's fine. But to abuse the guy is just wrong. To abuse him, as I saw in that video, was wrong. And so we can say that, and I can see people are saying they quite like this this fella, which is fair enough. You can do, but... I'm not ever a fan for abusing players, which is what I saw in that video, whether you're a, a Spurs fan or an Arsenal fan, you know? And so the abuse that Havertz has suffered this season from not just rival fans, but from a, from our own supporters is unacceptable. He's abs- it's absolutely unacceptable, some of the things that have been said about Kai Havertz. And I love the irony of his chant. I think it's great. But fans have almost been wanting him to fail because they've been so forthright in their opinions at the beginning of the season, so forthright in their view that he was the wrong player to sign. This is a guy, by the way, that is now playing the majority of his games in midfield, which I still don't think is his best position, by the way. I still think he's better playing further forward. But he's playing in a position which he's never played, because he played on the right-hand side for Bayer Leverkusen. He played in the front line for Chelsea. He's playing in a left eight, attacking eight role, which has never been a position he's been ever really been able to play before. First time he's ever played it. He's now two goals behind Granit Xhaka's goal tally from last season. And by the way, Granit Xhaka scored two goals against Everton on the final day of the season. And he scored two less goals than Granit Xhaka. And we've got 13 games left. He might And think about how much Granit Xhaka was praised during that season. I'm sorry, but if, if Xhaka was having the season that Havertz is having right now, it would be a completely different conversation. A completely different conversation. This is somebody now that scored a great goal against, obviously, Burnley. Sure, you can write that up and say it was a fifth goal in a game. Does it really matter? But he's a guy that scored against Brighton at home. He scored that winning goal against Brentford. He scored the equaliser against Luton. He scored, I think, the first goal against Sevilla in the Champions League at home, which was important. This is a player that is contributing. And I'm sorry, but the abuse that some people level at this guy is unacceptable. And it's not okay. So... I can kind of accept it sometimes when it's rival fans because you expect them to be a little bit, you know, well, rivalry about it. But to label him some of the words that was coming out of, of that Toby guy's mouth, I'm sorry. It's just unacceptable. It's just not okay. And the fact is, the, ma- the, fact, the matter of the fact is, is that these days, that's, that's content creation. You know, that is how to get the engagement. It's to label, it's to be abusive. You know, the biggest platforms out there really are people saying controversial things, and they're saying things that aren't very nice and they're just being pretty horrible. And that's ultimately how you get the most engagement. And it's boring and it's just is what it is. I don't know why so many people engage with it, but they do. Uh, Vegas Gunner says, why is the British sports media referee, uh, refereeing so biased towards northern clubs? Allegedly. Uh, even the football commentators on American TV channels are the same way. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you, Vegas, kind of, because I don't know the ins and outs of that. But certainly I have empathy for why people have these opinions, have these views, and why they feel the way that they do um, ab- about the officiating of certain teams over others. Uh, Jan, thank you so much for becoming a brand new member, mate. Very much appreciate it. Nathan, uh, also thank you for becoming uh, and being a member for the last two months. Um, and I appreciate both of you. Uh, welcome to the TGT family. Um, Pumlelo says, Pumlelo uh, says, uh, Tom, we need to get Neto. Did you see that run for the winning goal 
against Wolves. He runs like he's as far, he's on fast forward. I love that description. He's fantastic, um, is Neto. The problem is obviously if you can keep him fit. And it's keeping him fit that is the problem. That's, that's the big, big problem. It's keeping the guy fit. And that ultimately is what is going to be um, the most important thing if you were to going to invest sixty million pounds. You accept that you're taking that risk of signing that player. Nico Williams hasn't had the same level of injury issues, but he's also four years younger, um, so he's arguably a better investment in that way. But he's still got to develop to a level that's on the same level of uh, of Neto. So it's uh, it's interesting which way Arsenal will go for that wide position. Uh, Rob says Havertz is very good in the build-up play. Uh, Gunnar Frem says I was buzzing about how much energy Erdegaard uses sprinting everywhere the whole match. I don't know how he does it. Running on Duracell batteries is that, man. He just keeps, keeps going. Unbelievable. Uh, TJR says he runs like a whippet up a drain pipe. <laughs> what? Uh, Zingtar says Trossard makes our attack more fluid and makes us score more goals instead of Jesus. His, his goal record is excellent. And I've said this. I said this on the previous show as well. When Trossard starts as a centre-forward, we have an excellent record in terms of winning games. An excellent record in terms of winning games. So Trossard should start should start the next game against Newcastle at home. I don't know if we have Jesus back for the midweek game. You might want to rotate things and fresh things up a little bit. But yeah, Trossard should start against Newcastle. At the moment, he's our starting centre-forward. And he deserves to be our starting centre-forward as well. Um, Gruner76, Waka Waka Tom, nearly had you. You did indeed. Nice to see you, mate, on yesterday's phone-in show. Make sure you catch up on that if you haven't done so already. Uh, Preetham says, Saka not going for first-touch finishes. Is that something Saka needs to work on? Probably will be unstoppable if he finishes from that first touch. Um, maybe. I mean, yeah, there's always room for improvement. He's still 22, so he's, he's expecting to still get better. And maybe first-time touches is something that needs to get better with and, and first-time efforts on goal. But... My goodness me, he's still contributing a hell of a lot of goals this season, isn't he not? And Magamo says, remove Havertz from the last two games and do we get a different result? I think the opposition was poor and we would have won the game without Havertz. It's impossible to know, but I think it's incredibly short-sighted to look at it in that fashion. Do we win? We scored 11 goals in two games. It's like saying if we took off Saliba, if we took off um, Rice, if we took off even Saka or Martinelli, you know, I still think we win the games. It's a really, it's a really disingenuous point, Magamo. Actually, it's quite a disappointing one indeed. Uh, Caesar says probably heard our fans chant that we got Mikel Arteta chant more in the past five games than the first half of the season. Feel like our fans are becoming more optimistic again. Look, we talked about this on the phone-in show yesterday, and Stephen brought up this point. Stephen Foot, who's a brilliant contributor to the, to the channel and a, a really dedicated listener, brought up the point that it feels as though. The start of, I think Rod might have done it as well. The start of last season, Manchester City were kind of tweaking things and they were losing points. They were trying to work out what they were doing. They were playing different fullbacks. They were changing the lineup quite a lot and it was costing them points. But in the second half of the season, they just kept going. They kept winning and winning and winning and winning. And it seemed as though they'd worked out what to do. And I think that when you look at the performances of Arsenal this season, we too have suffered from tweaks and changes and the introduction of new players and people learning new systems in the first half of the season. And now we're seeing something of the fruit of our labour in 2024. We've not lost a single game in the league and we've won every single league game during 2024 so far. And you can see the benefit of perhaps finding our rhythm. And now instead of losing players, we're hopefully going to be having players come back into the squad. We're going to have players come into the team to help us out and strengthen the options that Arteta has got at his disposal even more. 
And that is a really, really exciting reality. Um, Dexy says, can you talk about Raya's performance since the break? It's been excellent. He's obviously not been tested anywhere near as much. We've had two shots on target in 270 minutes of football plus. Um, so he's not had to necessarily be tested, but his distribution has been excellent. He's been on it, he's been alert, and he deserves a lot of credit. So, yes, you're right to bring him up into the conversation. Shane says, no coincidence that we've been winning lately and Erdegaard's form has gone up. If he, Gabriel, Saliba and Rice stay fit, then we have every chance of winning the league. Look, when Erdegaard plays well, Arsenal play well. He's that important. He's that important to the team. Um, he's a, a class, class, class player. And uh, I look forward to seeing more of him. Uh, Paul says, I think Arsenal have a distinct advantage in the title race at the moment because it's business end of the season and teams uh, will have something to play. I'm trying to work out all the lack of vowels in this comment. <laughs> uh, when you have something to play for, uh, you don't play against low blocks. Um, they'll have to come out and play. Is your A and E's not working on your keyboard, Paul? I can only assume that it's not. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that you're right in the sense of Arsenal now. Uh, I've got this kind of fear factor about them that other teams are going to react differently. Uh, Jalali says, Tom, who is James Sweet? James Sweet is a youngster. He's a, a fullback on the right-hand side. Um, I'm interested. To, I mean, I'm surprised he actually was on the bench rather than Real Waters. Um, but he is very highly rated. He's very highly appreciated as James Sweet. He's got actually a younger brother in the club as well. So, uh, yeah, he's an interesting young player, but I didn't expect him to get any minutes yesterday. Same with Mauro Bandera, who's more of a midfielder. Um, Smithrow is always going to get the time and we're always going to try and get, put minutes into certain players that need them like Jorginho needs minutes and Ketia needs minutes Nelson needs minutes because these are players that we might need to rely on when we need the depth in the squad so it's all well and good saying why don't the kids play but we need to have those players getting minutes and making sure that they're fit and sharp and match ready if they're ever called upon um, Lewis has two shots on target from opposition in three games this squad could beat Chelsea's record of less goals conceded next year that would be a hell of a task to do but uh Certainly. Um, I see why people have the confidence to post things like that. And says, hi, Tom, loving your work as always. It feels like Jesus has been injured for most of the season. He put his body on the line for the team and we have lots of players that do this. Is this a good thing? It's just the style of certain players, isn't it, mate? It's just the style that certain players kind of play to. And so for that reason, um, you are going to get injuries. That said, he was somebody that received a really damaging knee injury that required surgery and that needed a second procedure so it's not seemingly like he's recovered too well from that knee injury and that could affect his future at the club and that's why I expect Arsenal probably to go into the market in the summer and get another forward in. Leigh Bloomer says take off Havertz against Liverpool and see what impact that makes that in response to Magambo's comment earlier on saying you could take Havertz out of the last two games and it wouldn't make too much of a difference but my goodness me take him out of that Liverpool game and see what happens. He was so important to the victory against Liverpool. And to be fair, if we had to play a little bit better, finished a bit better against Liverpool in the FA Cup game, I think we'd still be in that competition thanks to Havertz's contribution in that game as well. All we needed was for, for a little bit better service in that game and we would have been, without a doubt, through in the FA Cup also. But we're not. That's the reality. But yeah, he is and has been so important to the way that we play. So important to the way that we play. It cannot be discounted categorically cannot be discounted how important Kai Havertz is to this team. Um, let's go to Ezra's thoughts on Martinelli. I really wish that he'd got the Edgar assist and that assist when he was on the floor, but Trossard put it out wide. Um, yeah, uh, 
it is what it is. Um, but you, you can't, beggars can't be choosers at this stage, can we? We scored five goals, 11 in two games. We can nitpick all we like, but at the moment, it's, there's no need to be critical. Uh, the walking man says, the more we play Cedric, the more chance we have of getting a fee for him. He's going on a free in the summer, so we're not getting a fee for him, mate. I'm sorry to to burst that bubble. Um, I guess that is where ultimately sometimes you could be a bit frustrated that, that maybe someone like Sweet didn't come on instead of Cedric. But yeah, I, I guess you want to give those players that are on the fringes some minutes in case they ever need to be called upon, which they could be. Uh, CJ Dan says, Tom, do you think Nuaneri plays a good amount of games at Arsenal next season or do you think we loan him out? Uh, I think that he will be, he can now be loaned out because he'll be 17. I think that he'll still stay with the club next season. He might leave on loan. We'll have to see. Uh, I hope that he gets games. He was injured. That's why he wasn't in the squad um, this week. So he was he's, he's missing because of an injury. That's why he didn't. Otherwise, we might have actually seen him um, once again. But uh, yeah, he was injured. So that's why he didn't uh, play in yesterday's game. Uh, Darba says, does Partey come straight back into the team? Or only for certain games? Does he throw off the balance of the current side? It's an interesting question because you don't. we don't know. I don't know. I think certain games, certainly he could. If he gets fully fit and ready for Man City, you'd have to say that, yeah, you probably do start Partey and Rice against City. But, uh, yeah, it's a tough one. And I think that's a credit to the team. It's a credit to Havertz. It's a credit to Rice, you know, about whether he comes into the team or not, Partey. It's a credit to Jorginho, who's been excellent when he's been called upon as well. So I think that there's there's question marks about whether or not Partey comes straight back into this team. We just need to get him back fully fit at the moment. And that's the bigger question about Partey is that are we even going to get him back? And the walking man says, is this Partey's last season? And probably it's difficult for it not to be because he just doesn't play. And can we afford to have a player of that caliber on that amount of money that unavailable for us? I'm not sure that we can. I says, to be fair, Burnley had a good game plan. They are just poor in executing. They wait for us to pass the centre line and then press you like Wolves do. And Lons did in their away game. Very interesting to see Porto away in the week. Yeah, I, I'm intrigued to see how Porto, Porto are going to approach that game and what they could do to try and uh, undermine Arsenal's plan as well. There's a thousand of you now watching across all of our platforms. Thank you so much for everybody that is tuning in. Uh, please do drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already and help us to our 1K like every day target i will be um live a little bit later on uh, would i be later on today no i think our preview will be tomorrow so look out uh a preview will probably be monday or tuesday of course i'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 a.m at the usual time to bring you all the latest arsenal news and round up all the latest regarding arsenal as we always do. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a fantastic day. Let's hope that Manchester United can drop some points. Let's hope that, uh, who's the other game? Is it Brighton against Sheffield United? I mean, Brighton winning is not a bad thing because they'd actually move up above West Ham and Newcastle United and open up a gap to Chelsea as well. So I suppose probably Brighton winning is a good thing, if anything. But yes, stay safe, stay well, stay happy and respectful. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered 
by fans.